Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. The How to Trade It podcast is all about making our listeners successful at trading. When you listen to real people sharing their stories of how they overcame their own trading failures, it connects you to a level of enlightenment that you can't get from education alone. These stories contain wisdom and actionable tips that will make you a better trader. Listen to each episode and become the successful trader that you want to be on the How to Trade It podcast. Hey everyone, this is Casey. I'm here with Andrew Keene, who's the CEO of Alpha Shark. How you doing, Andrew? Besides the fact the weather's really cold in Dallas, I'm wearing a hoodie. Like my gear during the day, it's like I just wear like a hoodie and sweatpants and I just sit on my computer. And then I, like Superman, I change in a real outfit. So today's been a pretty good trading. Really interesting day. is a huge reversal day. So S&P hit new all-time highs and then they reversed about 32 points from the highs. We've had some really good signals today. So that's been good. And just kind of watching the market today. Awesome. So what do you look at when you're trading? So yeah, my trading is a little bit different and unique compared to like a lot of people. So I traded at the Chicago Board Options Exchange for close to a decade. I was a market maker down there. And we started to notice like patterns in institutional order flow. So throughout the course of the day, so basically it started is a Merrill Lynch broker came into our pit and they asked how an Apple put spread was. And we made a market and they sold us an Apple put spread. So we were buying. That means we were getting short. We had yourself a stock. So it's not a big deal. But the institution was getting long Apple. And this is before iPad, iPhone, anything like this. This is about 2006. I think the iPhone launched in eight. And the stock went up. Next week, this Merrill Lynch program comes in again. He sells put spreads again. Stock goes up. The third week, same Merrill Lynch broker comes in and he sells put spreads again. So every time he got long, I got long. Every time he got short, I got short. And basically, I was kind of like reading the tape on the trading floor slash like watching big order flow. And since I've transitioned to trading upstairs, that's kind of what I watch. So I watch institutional order flow in the option market. We all know that options are a derivative. And if stock goes from 30 to 40, yes, you can make money, but you can make more money in the option market. And now with the whole Robin Hood thing. So for about eight to 10 years, I was just watching institutional order flow, you know, like watching that thousand lot. 5,000 lot of options being bought on the offer, usually calls, and try to just kind of mimic them and follow them in. But now with the whole Robinhood phenomenon, you can see like a 100 lot or 200 lot, but then you see like 200, 200 lots, and you know it's retail flow. So you can actually make money on the retail flow as much as you can on the institution. So throughout the course of the day, I watch like five proprietary-based scanners to get all my ideas. Some are day trades, some I take for two days. Some I hold a little bit longer. It all depends on the expiration. Okay. So with the Robin Hood thing, they've been had a little dip here recently due to some bad press. But do you think that they are now giving the big guys a run for their money as far as order flow? 
So it's interesting, right? So back maybe about, I used to, I like, you know, watch a lot of old school DVDs with options, right? And it's the evolution of the world and trading, right? So McMillan, Lawrence McMillan, who's, you know, one of the grandfathers of option trading, him and Sheldon Neidenberg, you know, the market used to be like this wide. It'd be like five bid at 650 for an option. And if you bought the offer for 650, the stock would have to move like three bucks for the bid to be 650 for you to even break even. Now, as everything has evolved, the markets are tighter. Then they're very liquid. You know, market makers do. I mean, if I pulled up Facebook, it's one penny wide, 50 up, right? And then same thing on the brokerage side. You used to need $5,000 in your trading account, and you would have to sign documentation that you understand the risk of trading up. When Robinhood got in the game, you can open an account with $50, $80, $300, which you never did before. So this opened it to a lot of people. Then obviously during COVID and sports, right? A lot of people like betting on sports. I I mean, when I was in college, I put like literally 20 bucks on a game and I'd watch a game for three hours and I'd freak out every play because 20 dollars a lot to me. And though they've converted a lot of the sports gamblers into trading now. So the evolution of trading, it's become electronic, it's become liquid, it's become easier to trade, and Robinhood's made it easier for to trade than ever. Obviously, I know as a market maker, they're selling their order flow. Like, it's not a hard concept. Like, you can't give zero commissions because you actually paying about 25 cents for that. Well, you're going to make your, your money somewhere else and order flow. So, like, the way that it would work is, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If a market's like, let's say you try to buy 10 contracts at 25 cents. If there's 10 exchanges that all have the same price, right? There's 10 exchanges at 25 cents in their routing system goes to whatever exchange will pay them the most commissions or the much the payback for order flow. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They're just routing their order. As long as they get the same fill, what does it matter what exchange you buy? So that's kind of what happened with Robinhood. But, you know, it's been the ability to get into it. And like, I would have never said in my lifetime that options are traded is similar to trading penny stocks, but it's actually is. And it's so weird for me to say that because I'm very, very anti penny stocks. But you can get it like most of my trades that I send out, like we just sent out a trade and there's a trade that hit one of my scanners in Y-E-L-L. I don't even know what the company does. I think it's a SPAC. You could get in for 75 bucks, one contract, $75. And I would have never said that before. That's kind of how penny stocks trade. And those happen to go up 100% in 25 minutes. Well, your $75 just became 150. You multiply and it goes higher. Yeah. So with penny stocks, you don't like penny stocks. Why? Because it's high risk or what's the deal with that? I mean, most of the companies are a facade and a lot of people that promote penny stocks basically do pump and dump, which is, you know, if I have 2000 customers that if I have 2000 subscribers and the stock's 10 cents and it trades a hundred thousand shares in a day. Yeah. If everybody buys just like GameStop, if everybody buys a hundred shares, that stock is automatically going to go up. So I buy it in front of them. I send it to my 2000 subscribers. And then the stock goes up, I sell it out, and I'm a genius. No. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening all over the place now with GameStop and everything else. Huh? <laughs> I mean, you said that's happening all over the place now with GameStop and everything else, and the guys that get on TV. I mean, it happens. I mean, everybody's pumping something these days. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't – so any of the signals that – so, I like, for me, you know, we've known each other for a long time. My influencer status in the space has gotten so big where – what I trade on a simulated real-time account is I've gotten so big, I can't take my own signals for 24 hours due to the fact of that. 
what is that regulatory stuff? It's regulatory from yeah, Agora Financial or Agora won't let me take my signals for 24 hours, which I guess helps with my stress levels. And it's the same concept. Like if I bought it, send it out to 3,000 people, whatever it is, everybody buys it, and then I have profit targets. Same thing. So I do trade my own dollar account. I basically trade something really weird, which is I just literally I just wait for order flow and I sell puts naked. So it's kind of like an income generated strategy. And it, it keeps me like still in the game without like freaking out. You can generate good revenue like that, right? Yeah. So my account, I just opened it in like January. I think I have like 160,000 I put in. I'm up 18 grand this year. So it's good. It's just that, you know, when you sell puts naked, you have your margins just insane. So I think I have 160,000 in this account and I only have like 40,000 available. He's like, if I sell one put on a $10 stock, I need a grand to put up. Right. And so it uses up all your capital. It uses up. It's like, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I had this capital and I was just like, I think I can make money just selling puts naked. I understand it's not going to like, my account's not going to triple or quadruple in like a month or two. But, you know, if I can make like 5% a month or 3% a month and not get run over, then, and then I call this thing called like an option wheel, which is really interesting. So like, if I like the chart, if I like the order flow, I basically sell puts naked. And then if I get a sign on them, I'll either, then I get long the stock because I get assigned on the calls, uh, on the puts. And then I'll either sell calls against it or like the day of expiration, I'll roll my position out to the next month, collecting a little bit more premium. It's like going to Vegas and betting on black. Like you bet 20 in black, you lose. You bet 40 in black, you lose. It's 80 in black. Eventually getting back to break even. It can't be red. Unless you start risking like 100,000 or something, you know, yeah, so. on black and then you're hurting a little bit. Yeah. So that's kind of what I do in like on the side, just kind of for fun. Yeah. So the order flow thing, how would I be able to figure that out? Do I need a special tool? Like how do I know what the order flow is? Yeah. So we sell three proprietary based scanners. So the way that it works is an institution will come with an order based on research information and analysis upstairs. They then go to their option guy. Hey, this is where the things the stock's going to go. This is the time period. What should we do? How can we maximize return? Then they will call they shot the order to Citadel, Goldman, Merrill Morgan. And then the trade actually has to be executed somewhere. So I think there's about 13 exchanges right now. I'm not 100% sure. So then they have to go to the floor and then physically execute it there. And then if you were, like, you can get an opera data feed, which I don't even know how much it costs, probably thirty to 50000 There's about 200 companies that have opera data feeds, like Goldman, I'm sure, has, like, Anybody who's in the brokerage space has to have them. And then you can collect the data from there. So I use a company called Trade Alert. They're based in New York. I have a good partnership with them. But like, unless you knew how to actually trade it, like I'm watching the scanner right now and it probably spits out a thousand signals in a day. So like, it's just like reading the tape for stock that you used to be able to do, but now there's dark pools. So you can't, the exchanges are fighting really hard to never have dark pools. If there ever is dark pools and I don't get to see all the orders, then I'm kind of screwed. But then we built scanners around it. So what's the dark pool? It's like they put orders in. They say, don't tell anyone that I'm buying this order. So dark pools were actually created to fight against high frequency trading. So basically, like if they knew a firm was bid for 2 million shares of Facebook, let's say they're, let me find a good example. So Apple's 135, let's say. And if they knew a firm was bid at 135 for 2 million shares, they would just buy it for 135.01 in front of them, driving the price up. 
And then as the firm has to pay up a little bit, then they sell it to them. And they're literally making a penny, two pennies, a fraction of a penny. It's called high frequency out uh, trading. So what happened was they got fed up with it. Like the big firms were like, these high frequency firms aren't bringing any value to the game and they're just making a penny or two pennies of me. So basically, like if I wanted to buy 2 million shares of Apple, basically I would go somewhere and I don't know if there's like a private chat or something like that. I would try to find someone who wants to sell 2 million shares of Apple at 135. That trade would be recorded off the floor, like not, and they just basically pair these people together and then it'd be recorded after the day's over. So dark pools were actually created for positivity to get rid of HFTs, but they look are viewed very negatively because people are mad they can't see the order flow. Right. So just in summary, the way that you trade an order flow is you see, like you mentioned earlier, you see 5,000 positions come through or something big, and you're like, oh, well, these are a big guy. They must be pushing the market. I'm going to jump in when they jump in. That's a basic understanding of it. Yeah. So, I mean, when options are traded, they're traded for speculation or hedge. And you know, most trades are used as a hedge against long stock, bonds, warrants. But, you know, when someone goes to buy, like today, like we saw the signal literally in Y-E-L-L, no idea what the company does. We saw somebody somewhere in the world buy 3,000 calls for 75 cents. So 3,000 times 100 times 75 cents. It's a $200,000 bet. Okay. When I looked it up, the stock was trading about 180,000 shares. So someone is taking the right of an obligation to buy stock at a certain expiration at a certain strike. And for that right, they invested $200,000. We're not talking about like, you know, you or me, I, mean, I don't spend $200,000 on random calls unless I know something. A huge, huge trader that's doing this. And what happened? The stock, stock went up 20%. The options went up 160%. What's better, 20% or 160 And that's why they use the market, the derivative market. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. Okay. And so then is there any way traditional brokers show these orders? So I've actually had talks with the head of brokerage firms. I won't name any specifically. And they don't care at all to actually like show these orders and like disseminate which trade. So it's called unusual option activity. So every single stock is stock volume in a day. Let's say Apple trades 25 million shares in a day. If it traded 50 million shares in a day, that'd be 2.0 times usual volume. It's not usual, it's unusual. So I'm looking for unusual option activity in the derivative space. 
So I look for stuff that's minimum 2.0 times its normal volume. And the bigger the buyer calls nominal value, how much stock controls, the better the signal is. So the brokerage firms right now, they don't want any of their customers to buy these signals due to the fact that they don't want to hear phone calls if the trades don't work out. They don't want to, they say, here's my software, trade on it. And they don't like, I tried very, very hard to get a chat room and think or swim for probably about two years. I told them, you don't have to pay me. I'm like, I will have the second biggest room beside shadow traders. Shadow traders huge. You don't have to pay me and I'll just run a room. And I, I never ended up getting a deal. I don't know how they didn't take it, but they don't want a lot of this stuff. Like they don't want people calling if they lose money, you know, like, they're on their own. And this is a tool, hopefully, that can help you make it. You could really annoy them if you got a massive chat room of like 10,000 people and the trade goes wrong and you got 10,000 people crying to the broker. I could see that. It's interesting, too, because I've been running my company for 10 years. The days where the market gets crushed, and you know, for the most part, I'm always long, right? Everybody's always long. So, as a generalization, the days where people lose money and the trades don't work out, we like when I used to have an office in Chicago, we never got a phone call. No one ever called us to complain that the trades were losing money. You know, when they call is when a signal hit and they can't get in at that price. When they see other people making money, like how mad am I? I might own Bitcoin. I don't know where it is. I might have some. I'm not sure. And when people get mad, when they see other people making money and they're not, right? They don't get actually mad losing because there's an assumption in this industry that, you know, 95% of people are going to lose money trading, right? So they just assume, hey... I just got a bonus. I'm going to learn how to trade. I'm going to put $10,000 in my trading account. They assume they're going to lose. But if you see five other people making money and you can't get in that price, you get mad. Yeah. We're taking a short two-minute break for a hand-picked message from our sponsor, DreamTrades.com. This is a special offer available only for the listeners of the How to Trade It podcast. Do you have a plan for your financial future? Do you have enough money for the things you need to do? I bet if you're like most people, you don't have enough money saved for retirement right now. Am I right? Well, investing in stocks may be the answer you're looking for. Dream Trades Monthly Alerts makes it super easy for beginners and those who simply just don't have the time or the desire to spend hours researching what stocks to trade. Dream Trades Monthly Alerts removes the guesswork from which stock to pick by providing you with a monthly in-depth analysis of a very high-profile stock. The research is done for you. You get in-depth research, a full report each and every month. And in the last year, Dream Trades has gotten 100% return on investment for everyone following the reports. Because you're a listener of the How to Trade It podcast, we're giving you a code for $25 off a one-year subscription. Check it out at dreamtrades.com. All you got to do is click on monthly alerts and use the coupon code podcast to get the $25 off. Again, just go to dreamtrades.com and select monthly alerts, then use the coupon code podcast. Now, I haven't seen any of these order flow tools. That's great new information for me. Actually, my last guest was talking about order flow too. So it's a theme and I'm really getting into it now. Who was that? It was John Aussie Johnny. Yeah. So he was hitting me up on the order flow too. So that was pretty good. But I have on my, I've just got a basic platform and it's got like a depth of market thing. And it shows like, okay, the price is 150 and then below that, is like 145 and you can see like 
the orders there. Is that the same type of thing though? Uh, for options or for stock? For stocks. Oh, so for stocks, in my opinion, which could be completely utterly wrong, I don't trust any of that. Is there things called icebergs? So basically you can put in like bid for a million shares. And if they sell you like a hundred thousand, it can automatically fade that 900,000 shares. So there's a lot of like fake orders in there, in my opinion, which I don't trace. So you're saying that people put in buy orders that they're not actually going to buy and they change it when price gets down there. They have softwares that basically like, if you're trying to move a price higher, I've been told, and this was, you know, probably a couple of years ago, it's not, maybe not relevant nowadays. So if, if you buy, basically, if you have, if you want the price to go higher, you just show your bid for 5 million shares. And then someone will be like, oh my God, someone's bid for 5 million shares. The stock's going to go up. Right. But you have a software that says, hey, it's called an auto fade system. If I get hit for 50,000 shares or 100,000 shares, I automatically fade my bid. And I know we used to have that software on the trading floor towards the end of the trading floor where it's called an auto fade system, where if they try to hit you with too many contracts, you automatically fade. Yeah, wow. There's a lot of complicated stuff going on around here these days. I mean, GameStop went to $484. I've never seen something. I actually tried to short 100 shares at 89, and I couldn't get a fill because I can't short GameStop. And I was telling my friends, I'm like, if I was a hedge fund manager, which I'm not, I would have been shorting GameStop the whole way up, and I would have had my head in a garbage can the whole time throwing up. <laughs> literally like sell it short at a hundred sell it short at 150 two yeah three, and you just wouldn't eat like and i would just been puking yeah it's like in the have you seen the, the big short i have not no no so in the big short one of the famous hedge fund managers is basically he's short the real estate market and for like two months his fund is just losing money losing losing and the real estate market's crumbling but for some reason the notes that he has with the big brokerage isn't getting distributed to the price where they actually are traded in the real market. So he's like, they created some basically option strategy. So he has time decay, right? So he's losing money on time decay and the market's crashing. The real estate market's crashing. But for some reason, the notes that he has with the brokerage firm, because the brokerage has the other side, they don't want to show losses on their balance sheets, isn't being corrected. And this guy's just sitting in his office for like two or three months. He goes, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. Like, he's like, I'm going to take down my whole firm if I'm wrong. But like this, there's, I've never seen anything in my life this obvious. And that GameStop thing was the biggest joke I've ever seen in my life. I had no position on the whole time. I was never long. I was never short. I mean, I was saying it could go to 1,000, it could go to 2,000, it could go to 3,000, but it's worth about 27 bucks. And eventually right. it will go down to 27 bucks. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. But And so the hedge guys, they didn't hold out. Some of them didn't hold out long enough because of the risk was just too much to handle. They could have, if they would have held out longer, they'd be okay now. Yeah, I mean, Melvin Capital lost 54%. So like if you're blown out, and that's the problem when you, so like when I, I talk about selling puts naked, when I sell puts naked, I know a stock can only go to zero. Like, right. I think some stocks should be worth negative, but stocks can only go to zero, right? If you go bankrupt personally, you can go bankrupt on your business, but and you actually owe money. But when you own a stock, you only go to zero. When you sell calls naked or you sell stock naked, your upside exposure is so, so high. So, yeah, like, and they're, like you said, they didn't know when that was going to stop. They thought it could go a thousand, two thousand. At that point, they're probably running the numbers in their head. They're like, we are in big trouble. Yeah. And one thing I've been keeping an eye on myself is short interest in other names. So, 
I truly believe that GameStop was a proof of concept from the Reddit people. And Reddit group got up to about 4.2 million. I don't know where they are now. They almost have 10 million now. They have 10 million? Close to it. So they have 10 million, right? And I have purposely never gone in that group. I'll never go in that group. It's a mess. You can't see anything. There's so many posts. It's hard to hear it almost. I don't know how people get anything out of it. So if I was them, which I'm not, I would just, so prove a concept. Can we take GameStop higher? Can we blow up the hedge fund? The answer was yes, right? They blew up Melvin Capital, which is a monster hedge fund, very well respected. They have money from Citadel and they push the stock up to 480 bucks. Cool. Sell all your stock. What's the next one? Like I can run a scan right now to find the highest short names in the market. And in my opinion, they should just move from name to name to name. I think that's what they're doing right now. So there's one, I actually had a huge position and, and I massively screwed it up in WB. Weibo Corporation, some Chinese company, no idea what they do. And they're like over 60% short. Like the biggest names that are still left, WB has gone up a lot, but WB is one. XL is another one that's over 60% short interest. And that one is actually down today. But there's about 12 names that are over 60% short interest. There's about 150 names over 20% short interest. And right after the whole GameStop thing, oh, the Reddit traders are going after Silver next. They're going to... Right. I'm like... That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You can attack a name that trades a couple million shares with a short interest of 60%. If you think you're going to corner the silver market. Well, no the Hunt Brothers it's, tried that. It's, yeah, the Hunt Brothers tried that. There's no chance. Like, yeah. They should basically look for short names with small market cap, small open interest. And then you have the same effect, the exact same thing. If you have everybody buying the stock, it goes higher. You have the hedge funds that are short the stock. They have to now become buyers instead of sellers. And then if a gamma squeeze is in effect too. So the market makers have sold calls. They have to buy stock against their short calls. And as the stock goes up, they have to keep buying more stock up all the way up. So I think it's far from over. I think GameStop, Bed Bath & Beyond, and AMC and Express were kind of the proof of concept. And I think the GME trade is over. I wouldn't touch with the 10-foot pole. But I think the next one will be hitting soon. Yeah, I don't think there's enough short interest or interest period now for that one. You're right. It's that's over. But yeah, yeah, I'm going to be keeping an eye on that on the short interest myself. There's a couple. So you can run out. A couple you can run tools. Uh, Finviz has a really good scanner. Yeah, Finviz is. They got all kinds of good stuff. I go there all the time for stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Finviz is like great. And you can get like the lead memberships like forty nine bucks. Yeah. So with your scanner. You get the big orders. You can't see them anywhere. That's a pretty cool tool. How do you trade it? Do you just buy calls? Like, how, What's your strategy for executing those? Yeah, it's really interesting because I had my best years trading in 6, 7, and 8, which is like the biggest bear market since the, probably the Great Depression. In my head, I've always been kind of like a bear at heart. But more recently, like the last four years, I've realized the stock market's a joke. It's a Ponzi scheme, and it's never going down ever again. So how I feel too. You just keep, they just keep pumping it. I mean, as long as interest, in my opinion, like if you're running, if you're managing money, right, you can't put money in bonds because after inflation, you lose money. Right. Right. So there's like really only one game in town, which is the stock market. So you have to basically be long the stock market and you have 401ks, pension funds, mutual funds, hedge funds. There's actually no such thing as a short hedge fund. You can have a short bias hedge fund. You can't have a short hedge fund. So if everybody's buying one thing, the price, it goes up, right? 
And then when it does crash, it crashes harder because everybody gets scared. So we have run in the past before, like it was, was a, a year ago, it was a year ago from March. Or, yeah. Right during COVID we were, I was playing a lot of puts for a while, but now I've literally removed puts from my radar. Like, on the scanners, I don't even put puts on there because I don't want to look at them because I don't want to get the idea of like to get short anything in life. I think we will have a correction at some point. When that happens, I don't know. Every correction we had has been short-lived. I mean, if you were to tell me at the beginning of COVID that a year later, we're all going to be wearing masks. I can't travel anywhere. Every time I go to the movie theater, I'm the only person there in hotels or businesses dead and the market's on all time. Airports are like ghost towns. Yeah, and the market's all-time highs. I'd be like, what's wrong with you? You know, like, it makes no sense. It literally so, doesn't, yeah. It makes no sense. So, yeah, so basically, I look at calls now, and that's how it'll be till some point. I don't know if it's a nominal thing where the VIX gets 30, where we start. There's a really good book by Jeffrey Hirsch. Do you know Jeffrey Hirsch or no? No. He goes to a lot of the money show stuff. It's called Stock Almanac, but it's like a statistic on a statistic on a statistic on another statistic. So... There's a couple of really interesting ones there. So we have the January barometer, which it says what the market does in the first five days, it will do for 71% in the year. It will do the same direction. And the first five days were bullish. But then it says what we do in January will do 80% of the time for the rest of the year. And actually January was down from open. So that was because of the whole game stuff thing. So that's really interesting. And then there's also a huge statistic. If we have a down Friday and a down Monday, we're going to hit a huge correction. So I'm going to start being so bullish if we actually have a down Friday and down Monday. That's kind of like my cue. And, you know, you should always be watching certain things. What you watch is up to your own discretion. If it, the VIX pops above 30 or RSI is get above 90, like whatever you're using as a barometer. But I like this Friday-Monday effect that if we're down Friday, down Monday, hey, I'll throttle back on my longs, maybe look for some short positions. I'll be watching for that too. So this has been good. You threw out a lot of resources a lot of stuff. So thanks for doing that. Really good, really helpful. People that are listening are going to get a lot out of this. They're like, wow, that Andrew King guy is actually smart. Yeah, I was actually just thought you were pretty face, really. I had no idea. That's what most girls say, too. (laughs) And then you start talking, they're like, oh, crap. Like, I have no (laughs) idea. What's a derivative? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. So how can they find out what you're up to today? Like, what are you working on right now? Yeah, so we do have a really, really good ebook. It's 100% free. Optionsonthefloor.com forward slash ebook. And you can download that. And it talks about everything I basically talked about today. Institutional order flow, unusual option activity. It's a really good read. It's very quick. And that's the best way to start if you're a beginner, if you like it, like, Everybody trades differently in this world. And I try not to frown upon someone, how someone trades one way or someone trades differently. Like somebody emailed me one time, like, Andrew, can I trade Apple on a one minute bar? I'm like, if you can trade Apple on a one minute bar, good for you. I can't. A one minute bar, you're out of your mind. Right. As fast as I can trade is a five. So whatever works for you trading, I'm out there to teach and educate what has made my subscribers money, what has made me money, you know, trading throughout my almost two decades I've been in the space and the book goes over the ebook goes over really, really well. It's hundred percent free. There's no obligations. So you can download it at options on the floor.com forward slash ebook. Okay. So if you're listening, it's options on the floor.com slash ebook, but also it's going to be in the description. So, you know, just grab your phone, look at the description and click the link. Or if you're on the web, just click the link. So 
you can remember the URL, but also just click the link. And I recommend you guys try it out. Like, it's not even try; it's free. It's free. You get it. I want to try it out for free and read it for free and just keep it forever and keep that information up in your brain. Because what he just told me, I'm probably going to forget most of it ten minutes from now. What's the link? Optionsonthefloor.com/ebook. See, you got to ask me ten minutes from now. I'm not that bad. But well, yeah. you know, options on the floor, right? You know what I mean. No, is. I've never heard of it. Is that your website? No, it's that's coming. Come on, man. <laughs> Dude, you told me before the call that there's a million of these websites out there. Yeah, they're sure. everywhere. I mean, I'm on as many email lists as you are. <laughs> Probably. I was like, get me off of here. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna read it. Yeah. So, anyways, thanks for being on the show. Make sure you guys go get that ebook and. We appreciate the time you took today. All right, thanks, buddy. Good to see you again. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Trade It podcast. Our mission is to help you create security in the markets. If you have a question you want me to ask my guests, or a specific question you have for me, please email me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. I answer every email I get. Because this show is about helping you learn how to trade it. So again, please reach me at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.